is it bad? I mean, I just want the world to appreciate some decent art. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> yes. We'll crack on. Have you briefed him before this, Ryan? No, I haven't. No, he sent me a direct message saying you were a bit of a tosser, but I acknowledge it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're coming not towards the end yet, but progressing. <laughs> you're a bit like Joe for now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called a lot worse, I'll take that. When I play against you guys, you will be breathing out of your asses. <laughs> Love you, boys. Love you, too. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get going so we don't eat up all your all your evening. I know um, Man yeah. City v Arsenal is about to start, so uh, we'll try yeah. <laughs> try and get a bit of that at the end of it. Uh, and you know who I support, don't you? No, I no, I'm I don't. Big, Man big Manchester City supporter. Yeah, you, oh, are you really? Oh, I do the yeah, yeah. I nearly I nearly wore the shirt tonight, but I thought no, I better not. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. I'm so I'm so sorry. We're depriving you from the from the first game. No, that, that's fine. Don't worry. That's fine. I'm, I'm recording it anyhow. Oh, so really? no. yeah. oh, well, we won't tell you the score when we finish. All right, you will do. Why don't you just do one? Yeah. I'm gonna let you into a secret. Just the side of the screen. I've actually got the game on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not uh, so I'm not concentrating. If you hear me going, go, yo, yo, I'll turn it off. Oh, yeah, that's so have I. Tom, yeah. basically, talk amongst yourself and then we'll just watch the game. And... <laughs> uh, fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Right, well, let's get going and then we can get on to the football. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. go! Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Broken Trophy podcast. And today we're joined by a very spe special guest. Former England all-rounder Phil Defratis. Phil, welcome to the pod. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Good evening to you guys. Uh, not too bad at all. Yeah, good man. Yeah. And we're just saying offline, but uh, how has your lockdown experience been? Have you been keeping well and keeping sane, most importantly? Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, because uh, you know the first the first two three weeks was sort of the especially. I've got three boys uh, on the fourteen years old. And the first three weeks was sort of, I think they were quite excited, you know. Yeah, yeah. We did things, the weather was perfect, it was all right yeah. in the garden. Week four, it was driving me mad. They're on <laughs> Xbox, they're you know, all sorts. And what I found, you know, you know, we've got a dog and uh, bought it area. And, and what I ended up doing, I've never been on so many walks and runs in my life. Well, but funny you mentioned this. I've looked at your Twitter feed and it's something just saw a spike in photographs of you and the dog going for a yeah. walk. I didn't think that. I was like, I just guarantee you the kids are doing his head. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, the problem is, you know, it's you know, Groundhog Day, isn't it? Every day I'm waking up, I'm thinking, oh no, you know, I can't coach, I can't do anything, I can't, you know. So I've, I've just got to go for a walk. And, and most mornings I just go for a walk and I think it just sets me up for the day, really. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it just, you know, does your head in, doesn't it? Yeah. I've, I found the kids got to that point after like week two, week three, and they kind of go, <laughs> well, we're stuck with you. How <laughs> the hell is this going to work? I can do a couple of weeks, but this is getting a bit ridiculous now. I want, you know, I want some friends here. I want some people that can actually understand TikTok. Or yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the whole, uh, online schooling's not going down well. No, no, I'm not made to be a teacher. Yeah, they're yeah. absolutely experts at Xbox, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is life like normally for you? You said about coaching and stuff. I mean, what, what sort of stuff do you normally, uh, are you normally doing? Well, basically, the summer is really my busy time where yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm helping out Leicestershire County Cricket Club um, right. with the academy. I'm, you know, working right. with the academy. So yeah. the summer would have been busy. Um, they would have had fixtures. And then the second team, Leicestershire Seconds, which, you know, majority of the academy boys will be playing in the second. So I'll be going there, watching them, helping them. Mm-hmm. And also I'm head coach of London Schools Cricket Association. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with fixtures and training, I would have been sort of, you know, it would have been all, all on really. And sort of, so my summers are normally very busy. And then you've got the Professional Cricket Association where they might have a few Masters games, you know, sort of, and then they'll have a few, you know, charity events. So my summer is, I'm, I'm hardly home. Yeah. And I felt the last three months I'm home. And it's, I think it's doing everyone's head in at the moment. <laughs> so, I guess, so I guess I've got two questions on those. Is the first one is around, so when you're going into the academy or a new lad comes through the academy, do you turn up on day one in your old England kit just to kind of let them know? know? <laughs> no, I generally, to be honest, I generally say, you know, go speak to your parents, they might know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, again, on that note, so my, my old man does not give a monkey that I'm doing this podcast at all. He's like, oh, right, that's and he gives the classic, oh, that's lovely, son. Yeah, you enjoy yourself. Until today, when I messaged him this morning, I said, oh, I'm... We've got Phil De Freitas on the on the pod. We've had you know all kinds of other sportsmen. And he's like We've got Phil De Freitas. Oh, he's amazing. He's pretty much invented a swing. It's the most enthusiasm I've had it. I've had from him in God knows how long. Ridiculous. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> uh, but, uh, sorry, I was just saying that you know, the the academy boys are so young. I mean, obviously, some of them weren't born when I you know I was playing. Uh, but the fortunate thing is, I've had a long career as far as county yeah. cricket was concerned. I've I finished in 2000, you know, 2005, and I can't believe 2005. I mean, that's 15 years ago. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's can you, mad. Can you stop aging us. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough as it is because Tom, uh, Tom actually turned 40 at the weekend. And he's not been dealing with it very well at all. Tough period. Oh, so it's, it's just numbers. It's how you feel. That's it, it's Phil. Just yeah. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate much. that. I feel a bit better now. <laughs> <from you. laughs> the, um, the, P, the PCA Masters is quite interesting because we've, we've, we've talked to quite a few cricketers who've retired and it seems to be like a, a real kind of split between those who kind of stop, retire and then pretty much kind of not push the game away but go, right, that's it now. I'm doing something totally different and I kind of yeah. hit my oar in occasionally but I'm kind of staying away from the day-to-day cricket. Yeah. And others like yourself, I mean, again, looking at your Twitter feed and some of the posts about you and stuff, you're properly involved in the PCA Masters, you're properly involved in, you know, in cricket day to day. And I found it really interesting in talking to people that real divide, not divide, but just different, different approach post-retirement. And I guess part of it is injury, but also yeah. just kind of a need to kind of step away from it versus staying involved. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, really, because um, as a youngster... There's two things, you know, one, you know, well, the first thing really, I wanted to be a professional sportsman. Um, I wanted to be either a professional footballer or a professional cricketer. So I was sport mad. I was always out uh, at school. I was always in trouble because during <laughs> lesson time, I was always writing my team down and the teachers used to, you know, they used to have a go. <laughs> so what, what was your team what? as a kid? Sorry? <laughs> what was your team as a kid? Have you always been Man City or... No, no, it's, it's it actually it's quite a good story because I get stick, you know, every, you know, because obviously I, I live imagine. in Leicester, I live in Leicester now, yeah. and I'm I'm quite fond of Leicester. So Leicester's sort of my my second team really, because you know this is my life's at Leicester. My kids are born in Leicester, so it's you know Leicester. I always support Leicester if they're not playing Man City, but it was my old man, you know, rest his soul. Uh, he supported Manchester United. 
and he's a massive, massive Manchester United supporter. And, you know, if you go into my mum's house, there's big pictures of Man United and, and so on. Oh. And I got in trouble one summer. Um, and my old man, got, you know, in the days where you got the belt out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I got in real trouble. I got into real trouble. And, you know, we sort of, we didn't see eye to eye. And I thought, right, I'm going to really go at you now. I'm starting to support Man City from now on, you know, because I knew I knew he would take that. And, you know, and it was one of those things where, you know, at the, I remember at the age of 12, 13, I started to support Manchester City. And that, you know, I got really into supporting him. And I was only, to start off with, I was only winding my old man up, you know. Yeah. Was, you know I'm a London, you know, sort of brought up in London. You'd think yeah. I'd support a QPR or someone like that. Which QPR was very much close to where I, you know, Park Royal, not far away from my, I brought up. Mm. So I supported Man City. And I, and I end up, and I found myself really supporting, watching Man City, you know, doing everything, you know. And then eventually, you know, sort of I went up to Leicester to play for Leicester. I still supported Man City, but I still had this, you know, funness for, for, for Leicester City. I went and watched a lot of games. I knew a lot of the players at Leicester City. Um, and it's only when I went to, to Lancashire, you know, went to, moved to Lancashire, it just cemented it, really. Wow. Um, and, uh, and I've always, and I've always, you know, sort of, you know, I carried on supporting Man City, and uh, and somehow I'm mad on Man City. But uh, it all started with my old man. But I do get stick from my mates, you know. When Leicester, I just said, when Leicester won the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's a good, there's a, there's a, a very good friend of the guys, you know, some of the cricketers, Andy Mitchell, right. the Ells Mitchell Sports, and you know, he's a Derby sort uh, supporter. And he all, every time he sees me, he says, oh, who are you supporting today? Is he supporting Leicester? <laughs> you know? So he's always giving me a stick. But, it, you know, the, the fact is I'm a big man supporter, yeah. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. And you, and, you had, and, you had, and you had trials, I believe, for Luton Town. So what would have happened then? If you'd played for Luton, then what would you have <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they were, they were like, yeah, sort of the, yeah, the days of a youngster, really. So you play a couple of games for Luton and it's one of those, uh, you know, I, I, you know we've, I've got friends in, in you know, ex-footballers because going back in those days where, you know, we used to socialise a lot with the footballers, and uh, and I go on this golf trip, you know, sort of Johnny Morris lays on this golf trip where it's the footballers versus cricketers. And uh, and I'm big mates with uh, David Hurst, ex Sheffield, you know, Wednesday striker, oh, yeah. Paul yeah, Walsh, yeah. and all this. Now, and you've got John Beresford as well. So we, yes, you know, yes. sort of big, big, big friends, that, you know, we're good, good mates. We play golf. We've been on this trip, you know, for about 12, 13 years now. And every time, every time David Hurst sees me, it gives me stick. He says, wannabe footballer, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> So you, meant, you mentioned, as um, Phil, that you, you obviously you, you sort of moved around a few counties and stuff. I mean, just just give us a, some some of your memories of playing county cricket. And, and I mean, the stat that really st- stuck out for me, which just just an incredible stat, I thought, about how you've achieved um, you've scored ten thousand first class runs and one thousand wickets, which is just outstanding, isn't it? And and a fi- and a fifer against every county. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, incredible, it's, incredible it's, pedigree. A playing career of seventy-two years, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember well the last the last five years of my career. Everyone I came up, you know, guys I started with, you know, sort of. I was so every time people see me, you know, they, 
you know, in person, they said, I thought we, I thought you were older than that, yeah, because I've been along, around for so long. But the thing they forget is I started so young and I started yeah. and I, you know, obviously made my debut, especially you know, for England with people like Botham, Lamb, you know, Gower. And these guys were, you know, 10 years older than I was, you know, but I was fortunate enough to play, you know, with them when I made my debut. But mm. county cricket, I mean, you know, I've had some wonderful, you know, wonderful memories of county cricket. I mean, firstly, you know, at Leicestershire, I made, I was given my debut at Leicestershire and my captain was David Gower, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I had some wonderful time. That's where it all began and it finished as well. I came back at the end and finished it at Leicester. So I was able to start and finish my career at Leicestershire. Um, you know, I left Leicester, you know, sort of, a lot of people back then, when you move in county, it was it's quite unusual. Yeah. Uh, it was frowned upon, really, people thinking, why are you moving? And, you know, and I always explain to people, I, you know, I looked at Leicestershire on paper, we had a great, we had a fantastic side, but I felt I wanted to achieve more. I wanted, you know, sort of to play a, a test ground. I wanted to, you know, and I, and I, and, and I felt that Leicestershire, we weren't a team on the field. We're more mm -hmm. sort of individual, and I wanted to to win trophies. I wanted to go to Lords final, and I wanted to improve yeah. as a Test cricketer. Yeah. And it was nothing, you know, it was nothing against Leicestershire or the players or anything like. That. It's just, it's just decision really. And when you get approached by Lancashire, I mean, Clyde Lloyd was, I think, he was with Lancashire, and then I think just finished playing. And I got approached by David Hughes, Alan Omrod, who was coach. David Hughes was captain. Um, and they said, look, you know, we're quite interested. We're trying to build something here. Um, you'll be opening the bowling with Wazimakram one week and Patrick Patterson the following week. I mean, wow. Like, <laughs> wow, you know, it's Old Trafford. You know, it's sort of, wow, okay. It's incredible. So, so I, went, I went along and, you know, the thing that really sort of eats at me, even, you know, now going back then, everyone thought, well, he's moved for the money. You know, he's moved, you know, and back then you didn't, you, know, you didn't really get paid a great deal of money. Uh, I might have, well, I might have got maybe five, five or six grand more at Lancashire, but it wasn't the, partly the reason I moved. And let me tell you, those six years at Lancashire, um, they were fantastic. I mean, we had Lord's finals and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where every pre-season, um, um, you, you turn up pre-season and we said, right, okay, we got Benson Edge, we got Nat West. Right, who's organising the suits for the finals this year? <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing that in April. That's how oh good of, you know, yeah. we were. Uh, but it, you know, yeah, those times at Lancashire was just phenomenal. You know, it was it was just incredible. It was incredible. Great times. Wow. And you know, and unfortunately, one of those things I you know I left. Um, I didn't want to leave, but it was personal reasons why I left. Um, and I went to Derby. And, you know, the first year was a bit strange. I, I thought, I felt it, you know, coming from such a big county, uh, Lancashire, that I went to Derby and I, it just felt a little bit strange and I finally got used to it. Then we had Dean Jones who came over as captain. Yeah. And honestly, as far as championship cricket goes, you know, you've got Lancashire, which is absolutely amazing. But one year with Dean Jones as captain, playing for Derbyshire in the championship, I think it's one of the only seasons where in four-day cricket or three-day cricket, whatever it was, four-day cricket back then, I didn't want the season to finish. Wow. Um, we, we came runners up to, funny enough, Leicestershire. Um, <laughs> you know, we set, I remember setting up a game. Uh, we, were, we were ahead. We were, you know, ahead. We, we, we were beating Leicester in a sense, really. And Dean Jones decided to set up a game. 
because Dean Jones was all about results, really. Yeah. Um, and he gave them a you know generous you know chase and to fair play to Leicester, they chased it, got it, uh, and they they beat us. They you know picked us to the the, the championship. God, how did you feel um, being your old team? That, that it wasn't it wasn't about who won it or Leicestershire, but yeah. it was just it was just that season of playing. I just really loved. I, I right loved Dean Jones, you know, leadership. You know, it, it was a strange one, really, because the training or sometimes at matches we would argue. It was like big fights <laughs> because he was so stubborn, Dino. At times, you know, it was massive, and I'm thinking, and you know, you dread coming in next morning. You're thinking, oh god, and. Funny, and that's what I loved about Dino. The next one he came in, that's all gone. Here yeah. we go again. And he was that sort of character, and I loved it. I loved playing on the, you know, uh, on the uh, Dean Jones really, and that was fantastic. I loved that. I loved yeah. that. I loved that season. Yeah. Was that was that the best? So that was the best season from county cricket perspective. Would you say of your career in t- in terms of the most enjoyable? Well, no, I think the Lancashire years were right. really really enjoyable. The right. Lancashire years were fantastic. Yeah. But that's as far as you know, county championship went that season because yeah. Derby, no one looked at Derby as you know, sort of challenging for the title, and yeah. we just we got it together and we, we performed really well. And I, I love that, I love that season, but you know, the, the enjoyable time was with Langs, you know, winning all the you know, Lords finals, yeah. getting new suits. And I remember this shop, I can't remember the shop, I think it was called Nickelby's or whatever. They used to sponsor me, I used to know a bloke there, and they used to say, Look, come on, Daft, sort it all out. I used to go in there and said, right, you know, we need final suit. That was in April. <laughs> <laughs> any, um, any, like, proper, like, Spice Boys outfits? Like, yeah. <laughs> a bright white, looking good. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing was, you know, <laughs> see, taking a step further, we used to say, Langs Boys, we used to say, right, okay, where are we going? Where are we going to take the girlfriends and the wives? Where are we going to go celebrate? We're going to celebrate string fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we did. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. It's kind, of, it's kind of quite a nice segue. So I get to do all the donkey work on the pod and do all the like the research bits. <laughs> and um, I was doing all the stuff, and there's a couple of bits that jumped out at me. So when you made your England debut, they they, they made you room with Ian Botham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, in, who in God's name thinks, oh, we've got this young cricketer who's just come on the scene. I know what we'll do. We'll put him with <laughs> That'll calm him down. <laughs> but you know what? You know, both of Lamb, Gower, all these guys were my heroes. I was watching them on TV. Yeah. I was watching them as a youngster, watching them on the TV, thinking, wow, you know, I'd love to play for him. I'd love to, you know. And next, you know, next thing I know, I'm playing. I'm, I'm on the plane. I'm on tour with Ian Botham. And, you know, but the funny thing, you know, as you said, we got into Australia, and it's only when the penny dropped that a junior has to share with a senior because <laughs> we were sharing rooms back then. Yeah. And, and I've seen all all the way to Australia. I'm thinking, God, I'm thinking, no, 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 please, I don't want to share with both them or Lamb. No way, because I've seen them. I've seen what they're like, but they were brilliant. So anyway, we got to we got to the hotel, and then suddenly management said, you know, they looked to me and said, right, you're with both of them. I've gone, wow. and I was sort of, this is my hero. I tell you what, it was the best two weeks of my life. <laughs> Beefy <laughs> was sensational, brilliant. He looked after me. He was fantastic. He was, you know, honestly, he was he was legend. And he was with my hero. You know, sometimes they don't meet your heroes. Yeah. He was he was absolutely out of this world. Brilliant. But the following two weeks, he never guessed who I roomed with. <laughs> <Lammy>. <laughs> 
Head sensual. Sensual. The first, the first four weeks. Well, basically, the first six weeks of the tour, and you know, I had both of Lamb and Gower absolutely out of this world. Oh my god! Felt like you're on like in a dream. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have to go to um, Alcoholics Anonymous when he came. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure I'm sure everyone's quoted this to you, but when we've been talking to some of the more recent cricketers, we're talking about um, their performance drinks and their um, you know their nutrition and everything else. And I'm sure everyone mentions this to you. But we found that an, an article that the Daily Mail did with Gladstone Small. Yeah, party. <laughs> and I was just reading it. And I thought this is this is the kind of party I want to be at. I'm just I'm just reading out his quote. It was like, uh, what was it? We had a great Christmas day, starting with a champagne breakfast laid on by the press boys and carrying on with a very, with a very long lunch, finishing off with a fancy dress party. The star of the fancy dress was pace bowler Phil DeFreitas, <laughs> stand up as Diana Ross. Special mentions also go to Gatting, who was a pirate, David Gower, and uh, Small himself, who was Zorro. Daffy was absolutely unbelievable, said Gatting. In fact, he was stopped and chatted up twice on the lobby. Um... Tefratus added, I was complimented on my legs. I was also told that if I'd shaved my moustache off, I would definitely have passed for a woman. And by the time the party was in full swing, it didn't appear to put the lads off. Honestly, it was incredible. Uh, you know, so that party, you know, fancy dress. We all give them a letter. Yeah, and you've got to go out and find a fancy dress. And I was late to it, and they gave me they gave me D, D. And I've gone out with uh, Gladstone Small and his you know, fiance you know, at that time. So we've gone out to this shop, and we walked in. I said, "Look, mate, you need a fancy dress, D, D, D." And he says, "Oh, we're struggling here, mate." And I've gone right, D, D, D. And then we saw this big dress. We saw this big wig, and. You know, Gladstone's uh, fiance turned around to me and went, "Why don't you? That you'd be great. You know, I'll, I'll put the makeup on you, all sorts." And I said to the bloke, "And you got size ten shoes?" <laughs> you know, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, we've got it. High heels." And I thought, oh, "He's got everything here." And I thought, but I was desperate. It was literally, you know, it was last minute. So you know, we took the dress, got the wig, got the shoes. So the morning of the fancy dress, you know, sort of Christmas uh, lunch. I've gone into Gladstone's room with his, with his other half. She's put the makeup on and she says to me, come on, shave your tash up, it'd be brilliant. And I've gone, no, no, because back then tash was fashionable, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, everyone had them, didn't they? Now yeah. I look back, I thought, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, we had, we had sort of, she kept saying to me, shave the tash. I said, no, no, I'm keeping the tash, no. So she had all the makeup on, the wig, put the lipstick on, put the shoes on, you know, and I... And I, yes, funny, and I'm thinking, oh, no, this is not right. This is, and on the way to, on the, as you said, on the way to the lunch, I got chatted up a couple of times. And I'm thinking, this is not right. This is not right. <laughs> so, and yeah, we got the press. And <laughs> Next day, Boxing Day test match. And there's all massive banners going around. We love you, Daffy. We love you, Daffy. I received millions of letters, mate. Oh, people my God. Me and I'm thinking, not the right people. <laughs> But it was, uh, but it was, it was, it was brilliant. Honestly, oh, that fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and, and I guess, well, 
for me, the, the touring part, I, I, do a, I do a bit of rugby, the touring bit is the best bit of the whole season, really. Oh, me. yeah. But I'm not playing against Australia the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> how the hell's that? At what point do you play <laughs> Well, well, been drinking well, all day. Let's well, just, just not go on the end. It's four in the morning. We're playing at nine. Come on. Yeah. Well, to be to be honest, I mean, it was uh, you, you have you most probably have one glass of champagne or a couple, and that's it. You, right. The whole thing's finished by say one or two in the afternoon, and then you're on water all evening. You're chilled out, you're watching TV, and so you're back to normal, really. So it's only bit of lunch with the media, with the press and so on. But the thing about that tour, you, you know, you're talking about that tour, the first month, month and a bit, we were absolutely garbage. We lost every single game. You know, there was a, there was a quote from Martin Johnson's scoop where he said, uh, can't bat, can't bowl, can't field. And he was spot on, mate. Mm. But we had some wonderful parties. We had some great times, <laughs> you know. And I just thought, I just thought, the man management, for, you know, from uh, Mike Gatton and Mickey Stewart was was absolutely awesome. Yeah, you know, the big boys, the Gowers, the Lambs, the both of them, it just allowed them to relax. They relaxed, you know, for the first, you know, month of the tour where we played state games. You know, there was no, nothing on the line. But mm -hmm. I remember, I remember, you know, having that dinner before the first test match when I've, I'm not sure if it was both from Lamb or Gow, one of them turned up and, you know, just stood up and just went, right, this is when it starts, guys. I literally went cold, and I thought, "Wow, this is it." Wow. And 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 the great thing about it, with you know, with that tour, every time we won, we celebrated. You know, mm -hmm. we celebrate. We we did. We celebrated. We won. We celebrated. Um, you know, if we didn't do too well, just kept a low profile, basically. But on that tour, we we absolutely, you know, we did everything right. And we even had Elton John. Elton John followed us yeah. for the tour. He, yeah, he organised he organised he organised parties for us. You know, he organised. Yeah, so it was brilliant. It was fantastic. Yeah. Sounds it sounds awful touring around Australia. <laughs> and John's organising parties, and you're <laughs> with your heroes. Yes. Did you ever get the um? Did he ever get the piano out, or did it, you know? Do you ever like you know a portable keyboard and play a few songs? And no, no, no. He just literally just just hung know, out. Yeah, just DJ organised the, the part. It was it, Al Elton was brilliant. You know, we'd go in the team room, we'd, we'd have a chat with him. It was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. You know, it was four months of this tour, and the, the good thing about it, and the fortunate thing for me, was we won that we won the Ashes, we won the Perth Challenge, we won the Benson Edge, we won everything, wow. and we had four months. And you know, <laughs> and the the one thing about, I mean, I was single. I mean, I was you know sort of single lad on this tour in Australia, winning. You know, yeah. in, <laughs> yeah. No, I can, yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel my hair right now. Remember, I said to you about uh, I didn't want that season to end. You know, yeah. when you know we played the Derbyshire Championship, didn't want it to end. I didn't want that tour to end. I didn't <laughs> want it to end. I cried when I came back home. I, <laughs> I wanted to stay out there. It was lovely. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, but, but the thing is, you know, I did everything, you know, out there on my first tour. Not only rooming in my roommate, you know, batted had a partnership, winning games, with, you know, with my heroes, basically. Yeah, you know, and it, it was it was wonderful, wonderful time. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at the Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. I mean, how. How, how good was that side? Because obviously it was a long time until England won the Ashes down under again. I mean, how how good? I mean, just the names alone are absolute legends of English cricket, aren't they? But just playing alongside them, what was it like? Well, it, look, you know, you walk out onto a cricket field, I'm sure, you know, some of the present day, we'll talk about Ben Stokes, you know, he has a, 
Laurie about him. You know, mm. you've got the you know Freddie when Freddie beats and all these guys. Botham, Lamb, Gower to walk onto cricket field with those guys. You know, you've got Gatting, got John Embry, Edmonds. You know, Edmund, yeah. Edmonds and Embry. Were, you know, were the best spinners to me at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I was fortunate where I opened the bowl and we Graham Dilly. You know, rest his soul. Um, it, the side itself and the team itself, and we just gelled. Um, you know, I was fortunate where, you know, Australia were, were just on the on the verge of rebuilding again, but we yeah. were given no we were given no hope really. We were, you know, that no one expected us to win, and we just got it together. You had that team, you know, that team bonding, and it was just fantastic. We just got on a winning roll. Everyone started to believe, and and it all happened for us really. But it was a it was a fantastic fantastic group of guys. So, so if you've got to pick, so we, we've asked all our guests, they're either batsmen or bowlers, but so if you've got to pick four bowlers in your fantasy cricket team that you've played with Test you know, team. on, on Test the same team. team, four bowlers that you've got to pick, <clears throat> which, which four would you pick that you've played with in your, you know, as we discussed, your 72-year playing career? <laughs> what, um, what, what, four, what four bowlers would you pick that you've played with? Uh, four bowlers? Um... Right, okay. Well, there's one who's, well, one I'll pick, which is uh, Botham because he was my hero. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of played with Botham. Um, the other one is Wazim Akram. So yeah. I played at last with Wazim. If I miss, if I missed out on someone, please, please, I don't mean to. So I've got those two. Um, so I'm looking at Leicestershire, Lancashire, uh, England as well. Um, yeah, Goffey was great. Goffey. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to go. I'm going to go for my mate, Phil Tufnell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was he like then? Because I understand you know him from, from quite, quite a long way back. Yeah, That's where the nickname yeah, Daffy yeah. comes from, isn't it? See, I do do that. Yeah, it is. We're, we're on MCC ground staff together. And Phil and I were sort of, I remember walking down for trials. Phil, you know, we're both, you know, sort of London lads and, just jeans and t-shirt, the normal, you know, and uh, and MCC ground staff boys, the old jacket and tie, <laughs> and oh, and we both a little bit <laughs> different, really. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was just a, he was just a character. He was a character. He was, you know, he was a laugh. Uh, we got on so well. He was brilliant. I loved Tuffers. I absolutely loved him. But he's a naturally funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally funny guy, Tuffers. Um, do you know what I thought? It was, it was, it was a great bowler, Tuffers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Bowler. So, uh, and do you know, he could bat as well. He could bat. If it was below, you know, he won't, he won't have a go at me for this. But if it was below 70 miles an hour, he was brilliant. He, would in, he was in <laughs> anything above that. I think it's a right get out of it. Honestly, I, just, I just remember my old man, watching watch cricket with my old man, and he used to love it when the tail enders came out. He's like, oh, here we go. Right, we've got Tufnell, we've got... <laughs> <laughs> coming out, but always be great. So we're swinging everywhere. Fantastic. <laughs> but, the, but the funny bits is in the changer you're playing against anyone that's quick. The funny bits is just looking at the players, searching around for padding around the front. <laughs> but uh, but tough, tough as yeah, it was a great yeah, great guy. You know, sort of as I said, MCC ground star. Then we went on Young England tour to the West Indies. Uh, on the 19th tour to West Indies. I mean, he was, you know, we've, we, we've known each other. We, then we eventually played for England together. Yeah. Uh, great guy, great guy and, uh, you know, good mate. Do you ever watch Question of Sport and just go, 
How in God's name is he there? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a bright guy. Don't be fooled. He's a very bright guy, Tuffers. But, uh, but you know, he makes his, I think he makes his show because he's yeah. just yeah, a, he's he's a really funny guy, you know, and uh, I love him to bits. I really do. Well, we, we've had another question come in about, about the people you've played with. Yeah. So, um, of the cricketers you've played with, which one would you take home to your mum? Which one would you have a party with? And which one are you wary of in a changing room? Uh, right, the first the one would I take out to see my mum to be yeah. uh, uh, cricketers. Uh, <laughs> Warren Warren Hay Warren Hay. Right. I'd, take, to, I'd take him home to see yeah to be my mum and whatever. Warren Hay was lovely. Warren Hay or Neil Fairbrother, should right. I say? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, no, what's what, what's the other one? Have a party with. Have a party with Gladstone Small. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> really, <laughs> Gladdy, definitely Gladdy, Gladdy, <laughs> no question, Gladstone Small. So you put uh, him in above Botham, Gower, Lamb, Tufnell. That's a dull statement, isn't it? Gladdy, Gladdy, mate, Gladdy is, <laughs> yeah, he's there. <laughs> Animal, is he? That <laughs> is my man. Um, you're right. So, and the one you would the prankster in the in the changing room, the one the one you're wary of that you know. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of anyone else. Uh, uh, prankster. I'll tell you another one. The prankster in the changing room, Dominic Cork. Oh, really? Right. Dominic Cork. He is one in the changing room. <laughs> uh, I'd be. I'd, I'd say I'd say between Corky and myself. What's your What's your favourite prank that you, you pulled then, then Phil? Well, well the favourite one really is you know sort of in the chat. You know, we have you, you pranks. You get you get so bored, don't you? I mean, there's a story. There's, there's a yeah, story about yeah, yeah. Well, you can do get some days you do get bored in the change. You know, you Saturday if it's raining or whatever, yeah. and and I and I'm I can't sit still. I, I need to be doing something and. Uh, you know, and I, I find anything, you know, and the, the one prank we play, we had, a, I remember it was at Derbyshire, we had Daryl Cullinan, who overseas player, yeah. and, um, you know, and we thought, right, you know, surely he'll be able to, he's got a sense of humour, he'll take a bit of a joke. So we played at Lords, and we parked the car, the cars are parked in the normal car park at Lords, where the players are, and uh, it was absolutely pouring down with rain, and we had this sponsored cars at Derby, and Corky looked at me, and I looked at him, and we've gone, right, we're a bit bored now, aren't we? And he says, yeah, let's do something, let's do something. And so we thought, right, so we went into Daryl Cullinan's pockets, got his car keys, moved his car to the nursery ground, <laughs> and then, came, and then we, we came back. And it's pouring, and then we came back, and we wet, and we come back in the changing room, and suddenly the umpires have come in, I've gone, right, it's off for the day. And I remember we were stopping at Hampstead, we were in the hotel in Hampstead, so Corky and I, obviously, we share. We we came up. We were driving together, so we're in the same car. So we've all and Corky and I thought, right, let's get out of there. So we got out quickly, going to yeah, going the car, got to the hotel. And apparently, Daryl Cullen is going around. You know, where's my effing keys? You know, you know, where's my car? I can't find my car. You know, I just about found my keys. Where are my car? And he's searching everywhere. He can't find his car. And he's lost it. He's absolutely lost it. He's gone. You know, absolutely. It's got serious. He's lost. You know. <laughs> he lost his car so we've all someone's taken him back to the hotel 
Lord's ground, shut now. You know, they shut the ground. Car park shut, his car's in there. <laughs> Back at the hotel. And then I think it was, you know, was it, I don't know if it was Dean Jones or, or, or Kim Barnett who was captain. And one of them turned around and says, look, He's getting really angry. It's getting quite serious here. <laughs> you guys need to go back and get his cut. So anyhow, we've, you know, we've, we've sort of owned up and says, yeah, yeah, we've done it, we've done it. Give us some keys. And he looks at us, honestly, mate, he could have killed. If he had a gun, he would have shot us. So we've, we've got the keys. We've gone back to Lords. We can't get in. <laughs> we, can't get, we can't get into the ground. So we knock, we're knocking on the groundsman's door, Mick Hunt. We're knocking on his door. Says, mate, can you let us in? We need to get a car, mate. So we eventually got in there, got his car, taken it back. Daryl, absolutely, he hasn't he didn't speak to Corky and I for the rest of the bloody season. Honestly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't speak to us for the rest of the season. And I honestly, it was, oh I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> But we thought, you know, thought, God, yeah, you must have a sense. You mean you must have a funny side? Of it. No, you didn't see the funny side of it. <laughs> but the other, the other thing, uh, you know, we sort of end up doing as well. Sometimes, you know, we're coming on them, you know, sort of time blazers of time. And the guys are with shoes, and I get bored, you know, and everyone's sort of somewhere, and I'll just grab someone's shoes. I'll get some super glue and and just glue some coins at the bottom of their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was, I was, an, I was a nightmare. Unless we were playing, unless we, you know, we're involved, and we do nothing, I was an absolute nightmare in the change room. But I, the great thing about me, I could switch on and switch off just like that. You see, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I look for things to do, and I, you know, sometimes I'd get, I'd get in trouble. <laughs> so we've spoken, we've spoken to a lot of, we've spoken to a few lads that played at Yorkshire actually, and yeah. uh, they've told us about the Yorkshire Snipper. Yeah. Have you got any intel on, uh, is it one of your prankster cohorts there, Daffy, that you, you know the man who's behind that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who it is, so I'm, yeah. I'm not, I can't tell you who it is, but I think I know who it is. And uh, just give you a bit of a clue, I think he's, in, he's coaching in Essex somewhere. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been told, so there you go. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been told, so there you go. <laughs> so, um... Another an, an actual cricket question because I feel like we should really ask at least one and then we can be back on again. Do, do we have to? No, not really. <laughs> What's the score? <laughs> so it's nil nil still. Just right, Tom can edit that out. It's fine. It's nil nil. It's, it's pouring down with rain and it looks pretty yeah. awful. Anyway, um, well, I have been concentrating, I promise. Right. Dan McGuinness asks, what was it like in the dressing room after Gatting got out to that wonder ball from Shane Warne? Great question. And what, and what were the plans like after that to play? Were they kind of always kind of scientific plans or was it just like pray? You want, you want in my honest opinion, I'm watching this, I'm thinking Gat, right? Gat goes out to bat, says, you know, we, we all rate Gat, best, you know, best player, spinner, brilliant, you know, he'll go out, sort Shane Warne out, no problem, you know, brilliant. Suddenly he gets bold and I've literally, <laughs> my quote was, what the fuck are we going to do now then? <laughs> Okay, so the prey, the prey mentality. <laughs> I was, I was sort of, I thought, oh my god, if Gat can get bowled by this bloke, you know, what chance have we got? And it was like, it was, it was sort of, wow, you know, it was just amazing. We couldn't believe it, and I literally thought, what hope have we got here? What, what, um, what was said to Gat as he came back in? I mean, it must have been um, bewildering, was it? I, 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 to be honest, I don't think I, 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 I didn't see Gat come back in because. <laughs> I was too busy somewhere else thinking, what the hell am I going to be doing? 
I think it was just a shock. It was a complete shock. I think Gat must have walked in. I don't know what he, you know, he's told anyone. He must have just walked in. And I think we were just all shocked. We couldn't believe it. And he kept watching it, watching on TV. What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, that's, you know, that was Shane Warne, wasn't it, from yeah. the start? So, uh, was that the yeah. most incredible sort of thing, you know, in terms of like ability that you saw? And I suppose it was in Macro, must have gone quite yeah. close in terms of ability wise, but. Yeah, it was. And, you know, Shane Warne, I mean, Shane Warne, you know, terrific bowler, fantastic bowler. I mean, I was part of his hat trick. I was number one on his yeah, hat trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought I'd get there, there before <laughs> you finish. I didn't think I was out. I thought it was outside the line, but there you go. <laughs> quite right. <laughs> Well, yeah, my notes definitely say that. Yeah, he was definitely outside the line. Yeah, uh, but, but no, um, Shane Warney was you know, an incredible bowler. Um, you know, fantastic bowler. And and the thing is, you know, you, you when you went out and played against Shane Warne, the Australians, you you know, you knew you were on a battle all the time. You know, they you know they're at you. Mm. Uh, but it was it, to be honest, I loved every minute. It was fascinating. It was you know, it was an incredible time. We might not have won. Um, you know, we you know sort of we lost a lot to them. Um, in fact, we got murdered a few times. Yeah. But you know, you're playing against the best. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. What was that era like? Because I mean, obviously, you were there in '86, '87 when it went well, and then I suppose England sort of you know went through a period of you know it was harder. They were up against a very good Australian team, but struggled. Um, what was it like? I mean, how how did you cope with that? And and what was was it just Australia were very good? Were England not so good at that point? Well, you get different. You get different. Come people say that we were poor. Uh, we weren't good. As, you know, the, the Australia were a very good side. Yeah. Um, and and I, I I just felt with England there was too much chopping and changing. Yeah. Um, and sort of you did you you never felt unless you were you cemented it. You know, you're in the side all the time. I don't. You know. Well, I'm just only talking from my experience. Right. I never felt like. Um, you know, I belong there. I, I, I should be there all the time. The only time I felt comfortable is when I, if I performed well, and right. I, I knew that I'm fine for the next game. But yeah. if, you know, apart from that, every time I went, and I felt like every time I played, take away the '86 tour, and you know, and you've got the '92 World Cup and all that. One day cricket wasn't the problem, but Test matches, you know, uh, I just felt every time I, you know, sort of got into the side unless I really did something special I just felt I would be dropped um, and the, the, the sad thing about it and the, the things I've, I found really hard and which I think is absolutely fantastic now the way England you know England are their fantastic side and so on is whenever you dropped you're never told I was never told why you know what to go back and you know work on or what you need to improve on you know and the, I think it's like they, they expect you to to know and I did all the time I just went back and performed the county cricket and worked my way back in um, but you know as a, as a cricketer and you know people say well, how come you've done you know you've done really well at county level um, you've performed you've achieved so many things and I said look every time you know I played a county match whatever team I was playing for Leicestershire Lancashire Derbyshire whoever I knew the captain coach and everyone believed in me mm -hmm. you know and expected me to put and, and I think once you have that belief behind you you perform even if you have a few failures you know you you know you still believe in yourself and I never felt that with England um which is you know it's it's one of those things really I, I don't I tend not to look for excuses yeah um, if you know if I was dropped because I didn't perform fine uh but I never felt um I never felt comfortable I never felt that 
like I belong there all the time, yeah, because I always felt I was going to be dropped all the time. Yeah. And, and you consider difference now with England, the structure, you know, with England. Um, you're in now, you're given the opportunity because they've picked you, they believe in you, and they'll give you a fair go at it. Yeah. And, and it sort of, it takes that worry away so you can go and express yourself. Because the only, you've got into the England side by performing and playing the way you play, your natural, you know, the natural way you play at county level. And I just felt that sometimes I went into play for England and, and I'm, I'm trying, striving to, I'm trying to, I'm not being myself. It's like batting. You know, people said, oh, you should have scored more, more runs. And, and I said, look, half the time, you know, I batted, you know, I batted seven, eight, nine. I've, you know, you've got tailenders. If you yeah. look at the England side now, everyone bats. Yeah. You know, so you, you can bat. At times I've had to, you know, and, and the one thing people always said, you know, what would you have changed, you know, if you had your career all again, I'd said I'd be more selfish, mm. and that's that. That's a fact. I would be more selfish if I had my time again, especially batting-wise. You know, I would have gone for not out, but I always felt I wanted to play. I wanted to play for the team all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know, but that that was it really. But you say all that, and um, you know, I've had a fantastic you know twenty years. You know, playing professional cricket. I've represented England. Um, you know, I've been in two World Cup finals. Um, you know, look, it's, it's it's a dream, isn't it? It's you know, and I love cricket. You know, you, you know, I know. Well, you, you, <laughs> you, right. talk, you, talk, you talk about you know people staying in the game and some walk away from it completely. When we spoke earlier, yeah. and the reason why I'm still in the game because I love the game. You know, yeah. and I I coach and I I want to you know give something back and because I've experienced every everything about the game. I've experienced the highs, the lows. You know, you trying to make it, and you know, and all those scenarios I've experienced it, um, and and cricket, a lot of it's so much upstairs. You know, mm-hmm. the mental side of it, and and that's why I love I love coaching, especially with the academies and the youngsters, and I and I and I try and sort of help them, fast track them, because some of them, you know, think they, you know, they think that you haven't got a clue. And I've said, look, you know, I've been there, I've, I've been to that that situation. This is how. You know, this is you know a couple of things I'd say not to do or or to do. Yeah, uh, and that's why I love I love coaching because I've got to me personally I think I've got so much experience, so much knowledge uh, about the game itself. Not only you know sort of ability wise, but also mental. You know, the mental side yeah. of it as well. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Give us a follow on SoundCloud. I mean, I, I, I read some of your website and you talked about, obviously, you came through state school and not a lot of kids do make that way through state school and into cricket and stuff. And I think Chris Lewis went to the same school as you, didn't he? Yeah, school was high, yeah. 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 So uh, is that something you're quite conscious of in your coaching career to, to sort of help, you know, because there's a lot of talk around that in the current England setup still, isn't there, about getting more state school kids into the uh, sort of England pathway, if you like. Is that something you, you're sort of quite... Um, you know, proud, not proud of, but just sort of keen to sort of push, I guess. Yeah, I am. Yeah, because you know, state schools. It's it's uh, you know, it's a shame at the moment because the, the problem is they haven't got the facilities. Mm. You haven't got the the field. I mean, I I went to Wilsdon High, and we were fortunate where we had we had a foot, two football pitches and we had an artificial wicket in the middle. But right. during, but but it was only because we had a, a games teacher, uh, Ellis Williams, who was fantastic i mean he was he was a rugby player you know and he played you know top level rugby and he saw that you know the likes of chris lewis myself how much we you know we enjoyed cricket 
Yeah. And we managed, you know, he managed to organise and got us playing cricket on a Saturday morning and then eventually, you know, got introduced to club level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I look at I look at youngsters and, and, and I, I never look at um, where they're from, who they are uh, and what colour they are. I look at every single you know, person and just think, right, do you love cricket? Do, is this, you know, is this what you want to do? And if that's what you want to do, I will help you. I'll give you everything I have you know and i'll try and get you to where you want to go um state schools you know it's you, you try you know we'll you know london schools we, you know which we, we try and it we're trying to get um you know kids involved youngsters getting them to play the game um uh, you try and you know sort of help them to if they they've they got the ability and they're good enough you try and you know push them in the right direction uh but you know you, you do need some help as well it definitely needs some help but um, but I, I I love it you know I I enjoy coaching youngsters I'm enjoying I've seen you know, seeing them achieve things and moving on and and, and that's why I get you know, my passions all about really yeah and it really comes out in the way you're talking actually it's really it's yeah. really enjoyable actually yeah I mean also I coach a little bit of rugby at younger age groups so they're little they're still little people not it's not shit so that's the wrong word no. <laughs> or herding i think it's more to say in the coaching manual that phrase it's the coaching manual yeah if you look on the rfu guidelines it talks about uh, yeah, the age group called little shits um, that aside um it's i found i found it quite interesting you've got so they're under 10s now and you've got some under yeah. kind of sixes who started and you went bloody hell they're good they are really good and then yeah. two years later they've kind of gone back into the fold and other ones have kind of come out and it's I've, I've loved seeing the development of the kids and the ones that you thought yeah. at first why the hell are you here actually yeah. two years later yeah. smashing it and you just think you know and, and I personally I really like I really enjoy that I guess at the yeah. academy they're slightly older do you still kind of get that element of surprise for the players coming through or yeah, you, you do really because you've got uh, late developers, really, uh, as you mentioned. And you know, scouting. You know, I I, I, I try and scout. I, you know, hopefully scout for for Leicestershire and whatever you. And I look at uh, in the and it's it's just something in them. You can see something in them. You, you might see the the perfect young cricketer at the age of 11, 12, 13, technically absolutely brilliant, brilliant. And and then you think, but. And then suddenly you're thinking, right, okay, will he or won't he? And then as he goes up, you know, it's still the same. You know, mm. it's still the same. But, and then suddenly the, the lad who goes in there just gives it a whack, no technique, you know, but he's got natural athleticism, you know, he's, you know, he's got natural ability, and, you know. And, and you think, right, this, this, and I, I can see something in him. And then suddenly he just goes, boom, and that's the difference. You know, from the from the person you you know you thought eleven twelve is going to be a great cricketer, mm. suddenly it's, it's the opposite. Wow. You know, you have to be. You know, it, it's an eye. I think it's an eye. You know, looking out for young crickets an eye. But also, I think it works both ways. You, you, you sort of you do a little bit of lifestyle with them. Yeah. You talk. You talk to them. I tend to talk to the guys. You get a feel for it, really. And if someone's hungry, someone really wants it, you think, right, I'll give it to you know, I'll yeah. I'll you all the way i'll give you everything because there's that you know it's, it's working both ways here yeah, yeah sometimes you just get some kids that just and whatever you say to them it's like yeah and you're thinking right okay mm. you know we'll see how you develop as you go on yeah and have you and have you seen an uplift in kind of the kids who want to play cricket after the world cup win and 2020 mm. and to me anyway it's made cricket 
not more fashionable, but more exciting of 2020, the World Cup win, people were talking about it who never follow cricket. Yeah. And yeah. Have, have, have you kind of had that buzz or that that uplift? But the same thing about when England won the World Cup at rugby, it was a kind of massive uplift in players yeah. for three years. Yeah. Is, is there been a similar kind of effect within cricket? That you've yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, you know, sort of, it, it, I think it all started in 2005 when we won the Ashes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Michael Bourne's, you know, England won the, won the Ashes. You saw massive, you know, sort of interest in, in cricket. But you know, the World Cup, you know, the World Cup we've just won. Um, you know, I had a few interviews beforehand because I lost two. You know, you know, I lost two World Cup finals, and and I said at the start of it, you know, the, the World Cup, I said this side, you know, Morgan and you know, the manager and every the way they've gone about it, I said this, you know, they are destined to win this World Cup, you know, because they had such a wonderful side. It's the best England side, you know, you see, and then you know. And I, there were people, you know, sort of ringing me who I, I thought had no interest in cricket, absolutely no interest at all. And it's just, you know, they were so, you know, you know and suddenly cricket was the number one sport. You know? yeah, yeah. My yeah. lad, who, my lad, like you coach a little shit, you say, my lad who plays rugby. Apologies, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a, you know, sort of, he, he, he loves his rugby, he, he, you know, he's mad for rugby. He was ringing me because I, you know, I wasn't with him. There. He was ringing me. He says, "Dad, Dad, super over. Can you believe it?" And I was, you know, and we had the, you know, we had the phone, you know, WhatsApping while watching TV. Honestly, he was on, you know, he wow. was just, he was amazed, you know. Um, so yeah, there was a massive interest after after the World Cup, and I hope it, you know, and it's a shame, really. It's a real shame that yeah. we had this, uh, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, you know, the interest will be there. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. Well, I'm, I'm conscious it's nearly coming up to half time and I, I want to let you go for the second half. Don't worry, I'm recording, I've told you I am. Yeah, but if they score, do I tell you or not tell you? You're trying to get rid of me now, are you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, 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 we've got what we need now, Tom. I think we're okay. <laughs> um, Hang on, I just want to ask one question. Ah, Tom. Talking about World made Cup. the second half, nearly. Sorry, I'm sorry, but... You know, obviously that 92 final and, and uh, you know, the diff- I suppose the difference between that team, what, what you know, you, you said this England team were destined for it. Did you feel like you were destined for it in 92 or was there, looking back, was there something missing or what, what was it? Or was, was it just bad luck yeah. on the day? Yeah, we peaked. We peaked very early. We went, went through, we played and I think we got into the quarterfinal, semifinal. We had a few injuries, you know, um, and it affected us a little bit. Mm. And, you know, the game we played against, uh, I mean, Pakistan's name was on that trophy, basically, because we yeah. played against them at Adelaide and we were just you know, wiping the floor. We were just about to knock them out of the tournament and it rained and they got a point and they came through yes, and, they, yes, you know, yes, and they got yeah. through the big New Zealand in the semi-final. Yeah. But we still felt, um, you know, we, we were going to win it. Um, and I remember speaking to, you know, Neil Fairbrother and I, we were, we were talking about, how are we going to celebrate? What we're we going to do? You know, we were. We were talking about, yeah, and um, getting the suits on that occasion. <laughs> not so much the suits, <laughs> and uh, so we were. You know, it, it was one of those. We, we were confident. We, we felt yeah. that you know we had the side to do it, and you know, and I, I look back and I watched the you know, fair play. Was Macram fantastic spell? Uh, what's his name? Um, Imran batted well. Yeah. Uh, Inzi scored some runs. But if you look at some of the decisions that went against us, uh, there might have been a different story. But you can't look back. It's gone. End of story. 
But I always say, you know, there's a few LBs. Derek Pringle had a few LBs and yeah. dropped and so, so it could have been different. But Wazim's spell was fantastic. But as you said about the two sides, um, you know, England, this, 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 you know, if we look at it, they had the luck. You know, England also had a bit of luck with the yeah. reflective ball to the boundary and so on, super yeah. over. But, and and I, I was just so pleased, you know, that we finally won a World Cup. Mm. We finally did it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, to lose two World Cup and then find, and I, and I remember, you know, my son saying, Dad, we've finally done it. We've finally done it. And you felt part of it. Yeah. Being in England, you felt part of it. I mean, the ECB, were, I thought they were brilliant. They send us our own, you know, England shirt, which is, you know, it's got, you know, defraters on it. So I've got one of them yeah. now. That's amazing. Is, yeah, they, you know, they, that, was, that was brilliant. It was, you know, it was um, unbelievable. Um, you know, and and I look back and I thought, you know, I look back now, I think I've had a, you know, a fantastic career and I've had a great time and I, you know, I'm coaching, I enjoy what I'm doing, I'm still involved in the game. But there's only one thing I look back for, for my mate, Mike Gattin, you know, when he reverse swept and lost us that first World Cup, he's cost me an MBE, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll start a campaign, we'll start a campaign. <laughs> It's great. It's great. <laughs> so, I love your passion for it, mate. It's 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 really infectious. It's brilliant. Thank you, thank you. No, <laughs> I just I love I, I you know I love you know, cricket. I live for cricket. Um, you know, I'm involved with a club side in in Leicestershire called Ropley Park. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I I coach there as well. You know, sort of. And last last season. Uh, we had a few injuries. I ended up playing. I was going to uh, say, Jim, get give yourself an outing. Yeah, I was playing. So you know, and I'm thinking, well, is it time to hand the boots up? And I'm thinking, no. Well, all this running uh, with a dog at the moment and walking—it's just getting yeah. me, getting me fit, really. Come, come back, come back. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> no, I love, I love cricket. I love cricket, and you know, it's a shame, really, because you know, Rowley Park on a on a Saturday, you know, a fun, you know, it's a great club. Yeah. Um, you know they've got a great chairman there, James Upton, who's a one of you know shirt sponsor at Leicestershire. Uh, that, yeah, so he's a great guy. Does great for the community. Does things for the football, rugby. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's passionate. So um, yeah, so I spend a, you know, a lot of my time there as well. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So um, so one so one, of the, one of the one of the guys who listens to the, to, uh, the podcast, Dan Power, he's a, a friend of mine. He's just started. The, well, actually, he shares a birthday with you. You told me this morning. Right. <laughs> Who knew? But um, right. he's, he's he, he listens to the podcast whilst he's running, and he's he's um yeah he's developing his running. I'll put it that way. And right. uh, he, he just finished the couch to five k. He listens to the podcast, but he finds that our pod doesn't make him go any faster. So as you two share a birthday, could you please give him an inspirational message? He's probably coming towards the end of his first, you know, his five k now. To get him towards the end. Right, he's coming to the end of his 5k run. I reckon he is by about now. We've been going an hour, so it's about right. <laughs> Tell him to do another 5k run. Come on, get on with it. <laughs> that- 5k up. Tell him to 10k. Right. Come on. I'll I tell you what. Tell you what to, to, to sort. Tell him if he does 10k, carries on doing 10k, and 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 and, and look on the the PCA, you know, sort of the trust the PCA. Yeah. Um, supporting, you know, obviously players who've, you know, had hard times. Do the 10k, get on there, um, donate some money to the PCA trust, and then tell him I'll, you know, I will sort something out for him uh, personally. Oh, look at that! You'll love that. What a touch! I bet. I bet he just heard that and gone. Oh shit! 
<laughs> tell him I've got one of my 1986 both from Jockstrap. How about that? He'd <laughs> probably like that. He's an ex-prop. <laughs> you wear that. No, no, wear that with pride. No, no, seriously. Tell him, do the 10K. Come on, do 10K. And then, you know, go to the trust, to the PCA trust. Yeah. Put some donation and I'll sort something out for him. How That's about amazing. that? Brilliant. That's so, really yeah, awesome. so much. That's really, really good. But <laughs> he's, he's going to absolutely murder us now because it's been a long journey. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, fi- right. So finally, we've um, we've asked everyone we've um, we've spoken to whether the, the following activities are a sport or not a sport. Sport, not a sport. Right. Okay. This has generated more debate than we ever thought about when we first started doing it. Wrongly, and it's it's, it's got us. Um, we're now playing Gail Ems, who won the silver in badminton in a badminton match as soon as COVID-19 stopped. So I would say, as, a, as an opinion, when we ask you about badminton, say it's a sport or else you're going to get rinsed by, by an Olympic badminton player. But, you know, <laughs> right, OK. It's, right. It's their own. Um, poker. Not a sport. Darts. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's got to be a sport now, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Table tennis. Uh, yeah, sport. Snooker. Sport. Gymnastics. Sport. Lawn bowls. <laughs> uh, lawn bowls. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get crucified here. Um, <laughs> lawn bowls, uh, not a sport. Uh, archery. Yeah, it's, it's quite skillful. Yeah, sport. Okay, go on. Uh, pistol shooting. <laughs> Not a sport. <laughs> we need to, we need to be one of the one of the Commonwealth Games that pistol shooters. She's quite vocal on Twitter. Fishing. Fishing. Uh, not a sport. Formula One. Sport. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Driving. Yeah, I'd say sport. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Olympic wrestling, you know where they kind of get lubed up and, you know. Definitely a sport. <laughs> <laughs> Your next fancy dress costume sorted right there. <laughs> right, Tom, over to you. Right, Phil, thank you so much for your time, mate. Absolutely brilliant chat, really enjoyed it. Um, before we let you go, we've been asking everyone that's appeared on the pod to nominate um, a friend of theirs within the world of sport uh, to come on a future episode of our podcast. So, can you nominate someone to to appear on a future episode of the pod for us? Um, I'd say Dean Headley. Dean Headley. Yeah, de- definitely um, Headley. Yeah. yeah. Have you got his details? I haven't. Can you uh, facilitate? I'll, I'll forward that on to you. Excellent. Yeah. I love the way yeah. you said that. It was a real like. Yeah, you need to speak to him. <laughs> yeah. There was no doubt there, was there? Oh, God. He, he won't stop talking, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll, bring, I'll, bring, I'll bring more than one beer to the chat. Then. <laughs> oh, Phil, absolutely brilliant, mate. Love speaking to you. Uh, real p- privilege and a pleasure for us. So thank you so much for your time and, and all the best, mate. Thank you. Uh, that's absolute pleasure, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Thank yeah, you. Fine, thank you. Okay, stay yeah. safe. All right. Enjoy the enjoy the football. Yeah. Cheers. Come Cheers. on, City. Yeah. Good man. Okay. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, See you later. Thanks, Okay. Bye. Bye.